Kicking off hour number two in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios fan run radio. Is that true? Is Chris Beard almost a done deal at Ole Miss? What did Peter Burns tweet out? As we just talked about halftime here in Nashville, reports are out that Chris Beard will be named the next head coach at Ole Miss basketball. That was nine hours ago. Yeah, you talk about outhouse to penthouse. No wonder these guys are playing so inspired. They're trying to get minutes for next year. That would be... I mean, is that the biggest hire in the history of Ole Miss sports? Uh, I would argue Lane Kiffin might be a little bit more significant, but... Yeah, but Lane Kiffin hasn't really like, won anything. Yeah, he took Texas, Texas Tech, Tech to a Final Four. Did he take him to a championship game? Was that the team that had the Tennessee transfer that his name I can't remember? Yeah, they lost to uh, Virginia in the Natty. Yeah. That's – I mean, it, like, yeah, we hired Rick Barnes who had been to a Final Four, but Beard's been to one in the last, Don't like, five or six like years. Texas Tech and Ole Miss are, like, the same as far as basketball mm-hmm. school almost? I would say Texas Tech might even have more of a – more of a history than like Ole Miss. Where they rank in the conference, kind of basketball yeah, wise. Yeah, that would be insanity if Ole Miss pulls go, that off. He'd go right to top of the list of the coaches in the conference, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd be top two right, or right three there. immediately, especially when you try to like project forward. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say he's going to run into similar problems that every other coach at Ole Miss has run into. Is that's and that's just getting players to Oxford. It's just not that easy. Like we get him to Lubbock and get him to. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean it's going to be a little easier now, obviously with the transfer portal and everything. Yeah. Um, but whew. Jeff says Edo when the, when LSU are when Ole Miss hired Edo, that was like uh, what the hell are you doing? He did go on to win a natty at LSU, but still, Don't if Ole Miss were to hire Chris Beard, you just got to. Who's their AD now? Is it still Bjork? You just have to tip the cap to him. That's a that's a big time swing. It's Ole Miss. It's not like they really care about any public backlash from this. So I'm just going to go out there and pretty on the cheap too. Considering he's probably trying to get his yeah, he's probably just trying to get back in the game. Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised. Hope he lays off the bottle down there. Are you okay? So obviously it hadn't happened yet, but in two years Texas joins the conference. Are you a little surprised that Greg Sankey? Part of me thinks Sankey would block that. But maybe this is his way of saying, like, hey, welcome to the SEC, Texas and Oklahoma. Don't expect any favors. Thanks for the TV revenue share. Here's your money. But we are absolutely not going to, you know, punish a longstanding member of the SEC. I mean, all those charges got dropped, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. He, yes. He's completely in the clear yeah. from a legal standpoint. It's just perception. And as Hickman mentioned, and I think he's correct, I don't think Ole Miss gives one damn about perception. I mean, they were letting Hugh Freeze run around handing out briefcases of cash, calling hookers in Florida. I mean, just buying players for years and then rolled him out of there the second they got caught. I think it's hard for Ole Miss because, I mean, obviously this time of year, a lot of teams are still playing. Sure. A lot of coaches. So Chris Beard's out there. Might as well have a conversation with him. At least the good coaches anyways. Interesting. Uh, Ross Bjork is currently that's what uh, I thought. A and M, yeah. Oh, he's at A and M. A and M, yes. Who's the Alan Green? Okay. Um, I got a coach Old Miss could have. Um, Who? Don't worry about it. 
Can you not support the boys on a on a game day? You don't know who I'm talking about. Yes, I do. No, you don't. You know I know. Nope. Then who is it? I was going to say Chris Collins of Northwestern. No, no, you were not. No, you were not. You are going to say Rick Barnes. Yeah. Another <laughs> former Texas coach. People could only see Hitman's face, right? Yeah, I mean, just the lion-ass <laughs> face of all faces. Does this look like the face of a lion? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly doesn't have the poker face, does he? I'd love to play poker with him. No, see, that's my strategy in poker. I just always look happy and like I'm lying, and then people just it's hard to pick up on. And you just win all the money? Yeah. <laughs> I don't play poker a lot. Last time I played, I played for like three hours just on the same buy-in. So I was just at that point, I just was over it and just went all in and lost. But thank you for that update. It's hard to stay, you know. You got to stay locked in. Those those things can go for hours and hours and hours, man. Yeah, they can. You got to take little breaks. Get a massage, maybe a drink or two. Grab a hot dog. A hot dog is that your is that your go to poker food? No, I will tell you I did have the best hot dog of my life the other day. You did mention that. You mentioned it was a cream cheese on a hot dog. It was a jalapeno popper dog, basically. Pretty much. Do you remember the name of the truck that sold it to you? No. Mm. Okay. Was it wrapped in bacon, or did it just have bacon on it? Just it was real bacon that was just crushed up and just sprinkled all over it. Mm-hmm. Big hot dog, too. Going back to Chris Beard real quick, uh, wouldn't you wait for, like, a Louisville to open up? Wouldn't Louisville be a better job? Well, that's that's what – this whole timeline is really interesting. Was Kermit Davis fired after Beard yes. was fired? Yeah. So this makes me think that maybe – Alan Green or somebody within the Ole Miss Athletic Department has some type of a tie to Chris Beard and his agent. And I think we all realized like Kermit Davis wasn't going to get out of this year with his job. But I'm wondering if knowing Chris Beard was available and also knowing you were going to have to roll Davis anyway, if they made the move on Davis to start the conversation. Because a lot of agents and a lot of coaches will say, and it's becoming less and less common, but it used to be pretty common that a agent and a coach would say, we will not talk to a school that has a current coach. That's disrespectful to the coach, and we will not be in any conversations with that. So if they waited until Kermit Davis was gone, then they could talk to Beard as much as they wanted if that's what he and his agent were trying Looks to like do. Chris Beard was fired January 6th, Kermit Davis February 24th. Okay, so plenty of time then, yeah. And Louisville might want to get out of all that nonsense, you know, with all the trouble they got in for all that stuff with Chris Mack, right? All the, was it the prostitutes and no that well that was that, that was Patino Patino yeah, you got to think, think do? you, you got to think fired? Louisville wants to stay away from controversy around their basketball program right now you think that but, but dude they just won four games at Louisville yeah. sucking will make you do desperate things yeah it will like hire Jeremy Pruitt <laughs> yeah all thanks to Bear <laughs> I don't think it was Bear's fault go he, hire Jeremy Pruitt he did mention it. He was the first one I heard say it. Uh, I remember I had wanted him as defensive coordinator a few years prior. Yeah. I'd take him as DC right now. What? what are you doing? I'm just saying. I mean, he's an excellent defensive coordinator. He's got a show cause. I know. Then you, but you can't have him right I now. I know. I'm just saying. 
Were the numbers ever given out? By the way, is that is it five years for him, or did uh, they give out the uh, the official total? Well, weren't most of them ranging from three to five? And obviously, yeah, they were all three to five. I just don't know, like if he got, I would, get, I would guess he got, a, he got the five, the worst. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, first game today, Mississippi State at Florida. Who you got? State. Mississippi State. Maybe if Castleton was there. Oh, yeah, if Castleton was there, Florida's probably a tournament team. That was a huge loss for them. There's actually been a lot of pretty significant losses in the SEC this year. I mean, Castleton, Robbins, Ziegler, um, Arkansas. I mean, I think they've got everybody back now, but they lost guys for, you know, significant chunks of the season. No, it's not the conference, but I think UCLA just lost. Uh, Yeah, they just lost their third-leading scorer. Yeah, he was the uh, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I saw one UCLA fan... Or it might have been a sports writer. He just tweeted out season. Like, yeah. their season's over, basically. After they had gone on a miracle man. run to get a one seed. I think they're in line for a one seed now. Did they? Did, did that happen in a game? Or did that happen at practice? It weird because it was tweeted out yesterday. Yeah, but that was really, really strange. It happened. I, I think it was practice. Because they haven't started the conference tournament. I think they start. Well, they haven't. They haven't played their game yet. Right, yeah. It had to have been in practice. Did you see it was practice, Hickman? I believe so. That's tough. That's yeah. tough, man. I mean, yeah, Jalen Clark. Ugh, yeah, Achilles. Oh, wow. does take forever too. Yeah, Did it say officially though, practice or not? Walking down the steps, getting out of the shower. Oh no, there it is. There it is. Uh, it was in their game against Arizona. Oh. Oh yeah, I mean. Guy's just backpedaling, and he just like gets his foot hung up or something, and just there it goes, pop down in a heap. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, we'll do a break, but five four six eighty two hundred. That's eight six five five four six eighty two hundred. If you want to get on with us on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines this morning, uh, we'll hit a quick break, come back, jump right on the phone lines. Back after this. Straight to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. We've got Matthew who patiently waited through the break. Wonder if he wants to talk about Bayheim. Nah, I'm just kidding. Just probably some Tennessee basketball talk. Good morning, Matthew. How we feeling, fellas? How we doing? Happy game day. Well, Hickman's uh, being a curmudgeon about it. I'm pretty excited. I am a little bit nervous. Ole Miss. Uh, they played with some fire last night. Seemed to have rallied around the interim head coach. Seemed like they were excited yeah, to be there. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting. I think Chris Beard, Ole Miss, that does end up being the hire. That would be interesting. Uh, one thing to keep in mind and as these negotiations go on, I, I missed the very probably the first 15 minutes of hour one, but you saw the news last night that Texas Tech's coach is stepping down. Yes. So that would be interesting to see. I mean, to go back home, I mean, we talked, I mean, Brett said it earlier about Louisville and the Kenny Payne job. Louisville fans are like, 
I mean, if you think I'm a sheep for Rick Barnes, you've not met a Louisville fan yet. They are like, they think Kenny Payne is the best thing since sliced bread. And this is a guy that won four games last year. No, it was crazy. I, we talked about that yesterday. The fans and even some media are just saying, no, we got to ride with this guy. He just had some bad breaks, had some bad luck. I just don't get it. I don't either. It's his first Power 5 head coaching job that, I mean, it almost reminds me of when Tennessee, like, when we lost um, – when Lane Kiffin went, we should have just went with the interim route instead of trying to go Derek Dooley and just like right. took a guy that probably wasn't going to, unfortunately because of his name, and that's where I'm tying the Kenny Payne thing because he does have a good resume of like putting bigs in the NBA and developing. But I mean, at the end of the day, you got to get a guy with X's nose. And I just I was arguing for so long with my friends that this was a bad hire, and four wins is a lot to say. I mean, they did have talent as Brett said. Uh, I think. Yeah, Brandon Huntley Hatfield and somebody else that was like really talented, but they just haven't been good. But I don't know, guys. Like this SEC tournament will be interesting. I think uh, Tennessee's gonna make a little noise. I don't think we're gonna win it, but I do think you'll win the first two. I think you beat obviously Ole Miss tonight. Um, hopefully, you take care of Missouri. I mean, you essentially lost the double bye on a forty-foot hail mary. I mean, can yep. we all agree on that? Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. <sighs> You're that or the Vanderbilt one? <laughs> God. Well, the Vanderbilt one at least has, like, some actual, like, Play I would say that has a higher percentage chance of going in because of, like, you had to draw it up. But, like, you can't draw up that Missouri play. Again. No. Like, no. Just, he hits, that, yeah, he hits that one out of 20 times. He just happened to hit it that time. Yeah. Although, I have to say, Houston, I'm, I'm vomiting as I say this. I think... I think Kentucky wins the SEC. I oh, I, I don't I like saying that, but they're just they're peaking, man. They look good. I mean, I yeah. hate saying that, but they. I don't know. I I think circling back to what we said earlier, I think this team you know, losing to Kai is devastating. I I'll be interested to see. I mean, Hickman's right. We have uh, the wheels have kind of fallen off. We've eleven and seven since January. You have gone through scoring droughts late in games. Mm. Um, the only thing that's been consistent with you has been your defense. Your defense has never not been in a game. You've actually, I think, outside of Colorado, you've been in every single game that you've yeah. played this season. So, uh, The defense second I'll, half against Auburn was pretty bad. Yeah, no, I guess that's a fair assessment, too. But, I mean, still, you were well, right you were there in, in that game, game yeah. though. That's my point, like, You've not had one game where you just, like, you didn't feel like maybe Kentucky at home when we played them in TBA, maybe that game you just felt like you just couldn't get over the hump. But every game you you were right there in it. Like, if Mayshack can stay out of foul trouble today and then he can actually put pressure on Missouri's guard, you saw what he did against Alabama. I, I really like our matchup with Alabama again. I know that sounds crazy, but, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this tournament plays out because, there's so many. It's like it's a wild card. There's so many teams that could win it. Mm. And I'll be really interested to see what goes into it. I think tonight, if you are gonna, you know, I'm saying this, but Coach Barnes, if you're listening, just for the love of God, just put BJ out there for at least five minutes and see what you got in the kid. Like, yes. it's, <laughs> I'm in the fire. It's not a basketball. It's. it's I, I like Coach Barnes a lot, but you also have heard me say I know the guy's got laws. And I'm not saying he's the end-all, be-all that would have kept us in the, in the SEC regular season. But if you've got a kid out there, maybe, yeah, he doesn't have defense, defense at the collegiate level yet. But at least when you know you're lacking in point guard depth, 
you might as well at least develop the young man and actually see what you can get out of the kid. And if not, then you address that in the portal this year. That's all I got, guys, and as always, go Vols. Thanks, Matthew. Um, just a hunch. I unless we get a big lead, I I'm I are you expecting to see BJ today? No. I'm sure not. No. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'd like to see him out there for a little bit just to see what he does. Of course, I mean, the first tiny mistake he makes, he's going to get yanked. Stupid. But I, uh, I don't. I find it hard to believe we were saving him against Auburn when we had Vescovy go for 39 minutes so that we could debut him in a significant role against Ole Miss in the first round of the SEC tournament. Especially when it's kind of win or go home at this point. You yeah, know, like I just Vescovy's playing his last games, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the only way you see you, put him out, you can put him out there with Vescovy. You'll see BJ if things go very, very well or very, very poorly. Uh, just real quick, Kenny Payne signed a six-year deal in uh, 2022 of March, and he signed it for six years at $3.35 million. So they don't what, about 15 or so? I'd say fire me right now if I was Kenny Payne. You're not well, getting- yeah, you'd want the 15 mil. I get that. <laughs> but he's a competitor. He loves those boys. Yeah. Let's get back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, grab DR Vol. DR, it's March, it's Rick Barnes, it's the SEC tournament. How are we feeling? Uh, feeling about like uh, how Ben Stein looked in the morning when he called rolls. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good analogy there. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Houston, before I start my phone call, congrats on finding your queen of the Negaboss. Thank, <laughs> thank you, yes. Uh, good times to be had, for sure. Yeah, that's part of what my call is about, you know, I think, like, on the Libra scale, Houston, this is not a knock. You usually lean towards the two positives. Like, you, you lean more towards big rides than you would Philly. And with Barnes, he's so polarizing. Why is that? Like, this is how I imagine how at the end of Fulmer's tenure in 08, if Twitter and Facebook was a lot bigger, that it would be like this with Barnes. Like, you say one negative thing or, like, oh, it's a bad shot. It's, oh, leave Barnes alone. Why is that? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with he is a, a nice guy. He is a uh, a good leader of young men. He's, you know, he's he's a southern guy. He's an old, he's, he's like everybody's grandpa. And he gets you in the tournament every year. And for people who just want to be able to say, look at my basketball team, they're in the top 25, they win 20 games, they make the tournament, that's good enough for me. Uh, any criticism is met with, yeah, but look at all the good things. Such a loser mindset. I think the rest of us, myself included, can appreciate that, but also realize how close we are to really breaking through and how close several teams of his have been with just minor tweaks and changes. Uh, We probably have two Final Fours under Rick Barnes at this point. Uh, Obviously, you need a little bit of luck. Uh, We haven't exactly had that lately, but it just feels like we're closer than people think to being an elite program not just a in-the-tournament, in-the-top-25 program. Yeah, and like what you just described is how I want my, my Baptist preacher, a leader of men and a good guy. I don't care about any of that when it comes to sports. Is that bad? Uh, I, I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. Like, I, I want I, – it's nice to know that we're not going to have two guys suspended for getting pulled over at 3 a.m. with drugs and guns in the car. I mean, all that, like, it's nice to have that level of comfort knowing 
as long as they're healthy, they're going to play. We don't have to worry about anything. I don't know about that. We saw what Triple J did the last week of the regular season. So He was hurt. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. Hurt, yeah. He was banged up. He rolled that ankle. Had to make sure he was good for tournament time. Um, but I think you again, I think you can appreciate that and it's still okay to say, hey, in late game situations, we don't call good stuff or we have weird lapses at the wrong time or we look tired. Why did they run them at practice? Like I got there's just some I mean, he's an old guy, he's set in his ways, he's been doing this a long time and he's had a lot of success. And I get that, but sometimes those coaches can still have success, but if they would just be able to adjust and adapt a little bit, they could take their, I mean, their career and their current job to a whole new level. Uh, you know, like what you just said, like he's set in his ways. Like people take that as negative as well. And you see what I mean by that? Like you say one thing about Barnes, it's like you said something about somebody's mom. It's weird to me. It's and you would remember more than I would. Houston, is that kind of how it was towards the end of a Homer's reign as coach? Uh. Yes and no. Uh, you had a lot of people who said, you know, he's he won us a national championship. You can never fire him. Uh, I don't think they handled the firing well, but I think he went what five and seven that last year. And I think at that point, even even people who were staunch supporters realized this was going downhill fast. Um, it was so different back then, two DR, because there wasn't nearly as much you know social media chatter. You didn't have as many people voicing their opinions online or anything. Uh, but there was uh, there was years after that, there were a large amount of people who looked back on it and said we never should have fired Philip Fulmer. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a similar type deal. I got the Rick Barnes comparison for you, DR. Okay. It's like that longtime girlfriend you've had. Y'all are engaged. You do love her. But at the end of the day, you're sitting there, you're about to marry her, and it's like, mm-hmm. well – do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? Sure, we probably won't get divorced. We do care about each other. Things will be fine. But, you know, is it really the one that I want to spend the rest of my life with, you know? That's kind of how I view Rick Barnes right now for Tennessee. You know Julia's going to kick your ass the next time you see her, right? Why? That, okay, that has nothing to do, no, with, no, no, has no. Nothing to do with you yeah, getting engaged. Okay, uh-huh, that's yeah. just, it just hit me. That, that's what Rick Barnes is right now. Yeah, you stepped in that one, pal. Well, in Hickman, you know, I'm one of those roll the dice kind of guys. You know, I'll hire an attorney. I'll, I'll get a divorce and just see what happens. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Dr. <laughs> you know, speaking as someone who's not even remotely close to ever getting married, but uh, well, I, I'm going to say this, and I'll get off here. Uh, I think it was yesterday on the drive. Uh, he goes by Polish Joe. Maybe it was the day before. But he had a phone call that really made me think, and and I agree with him. I'm not going to do it justice, but People saying, look how far Barnes has taken us and this and that. You know what you're going to get after him. You could take that as a negative of putting the program down because Houston, you just talked about how we're ready to explode to be elite, get some Final Four. So it does make you one kind of wonder if he holds you back. Um, I'll hop off here. And, uh, Adam, I look forward to you discussing the future of women's softball. Hey, hey, DR, DR, one second. Was that yeah. Polish Joe yeah. call? Was that the one where he said he's tired of underestimating this job? Yes, yeah. I love that call, Houston. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've thought that about this basketball program, really every head job at Tennessee. Like, there's – I mean, I'm not going to go all the way down to, to soccer, but it, it feels like there are no limits at the University of Tennessee to what any coach can accomplish if they are the right coach. We have facilities. 
We have the fan base. Uh, the fan, yeah, they may not go to every game right now, but you start winning games, you're going to pack whatever stadium you play in every single time. Yeah. So I, I agree with it's it's. And again, I, I can see it both ways. I do appreciate what Rick Barnes has done since he's been here. He came in after three years of Conzo and one year of Donnie Tyndall, and the program was wrecked. And we are respectable now, but there is nothing that should be holding us back from, from saying we're the next blue blood in college basketball. There's nothing. Yeah, and you can be appreciative and want more. I mean, that's, you know, I've heard, like, this is not a knock. I've heard Bear saying, talk about how he remembers the bad days, the curtain days. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's old-timers out there that complain of their electric bill when their A.C. runs all summer, but they're probably still happy to have that A.C. because back in the day, they didn't have any air. That's like, a good comparison for Bear. Complain and want more. <laughs> what? So that's a good comparison for Bear, you know? Oh, yeah, there you go. All right, guys, well, I'm ready for that softball talk. See you. <laughs> Thanks for the call, DR. Uh, we'll hit a quick break. Continue hour number two on the other side. It's 3 and Out on Fan Run Radio. Hour two continues. We're going to take a break from the sports talk for just a second Thank because God. for some reason Adam Hickman decided to be the producer of a sports show even though he hates sports. I love sports. But he loves movies even more. He is not even more. You know what's not in his top 30 is a sports movie. Yeah, he hates sports movies. That's true. Because <laughs> you hate sports. We get it. Should be 1 through 30, all the Star Wars. <laughs> You'd think because I love both sports and movies, I'd love sports movies. Not the case. And there's some great sports movies. Kicking <laughs> off the list. We'll, we'll do 15 now. We'll do 15. No particular order on 15 these? later. No, he's starting at 30. He's working his way up. I'll tell you once they get in order. Okay. Number 30, Ridley Scott, Alien. <laughs> Classic horror movie. Okay. I, 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 that's one of those things I never gave it a shot. Sat down and watched it, and I was hooked. 29, The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse? If you've never seen The Lighthouse with uh, Willem Dafoe and Pattinson, black and white movie, A24 film. Uh, very, very I depressing. think you lost me at black and white movie. Yeah. It's very depressing, but it's great. Uh, 28, The Pianist. Roman Polanski, Adrian Brody. He's a Jew, uh, and... I don't think that's how you're supposed to say that. Oh, he's Jewish. There you go. And he, uh, his family gets separated from him, and it's pretty much just his, uh, his path to survival during a trying time for... Is it, like, set in World War II? Yeah, it is. Okay, okay. Uh, 27, Christmas Vacation. You know, <laughs> All right, yeah. this movie should be higher, but, like, you know, it's a Christmas movie, so... So it's got a limited playtime. I got you. I got you. you Limited windows of viewability. 26, my second favorite director of all time, probably. Uh, Martin Scorsese's The Departed. 26? Yeah. Wow. There's some heavy hitters on this list, man. So (laughs) Okay. 25, Wind River. Uh, If you've not seen Wind River, it's it's got Jeremy Renner in it and that Olsen girl who's blonde and very attractive. Uh, set in Wyoming on an Indian reservation. I would give it a watch if I were you, if you've not seen it. 24, the first of 
a couple Quentin Tarantino movies, Inglorious Bastards mm-hmm. at 24. 23, the only comedy on the list. There's a surprise. Hickman hates that's a laughter. Vacation kind of a comedy. Yeah, that's a yeah, comedy. Well, true. You should know this, though. If you know me, you know this. It's Anchorman 2 at number 23. You have Anchorman 2 better than Anchorman? I think Anchorman 2 is funnier. I like the overall story of the first one better. Okay. And I needed something to give me some rib-tickling laughter. You know what I mean? Rib-tickling. Uh, number 22. This is probably a lot higher on a lot of people's lists, but what can I say? I do not follow the uh, common path, as oftentimes other people do. 22, Shawshank Redemption. That is insanely low. I acknowledge yes. this movie being perfect, like yeah, zero you've, flaws. You said that. But, you know, when it comes to my own personal enjoyment, the other ones on this list are stuff that I'd just rather watch. Uh, 21 on the list. Just rewatched this a couple of weeks ago. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Awesome movie. Number 20. uh, I'd probably be killed if I didn't put this one on the list. Number 20 is Tombstone. Okay. Good movie. Great movie. Surprised you have it at 20? Yeah. Yeah, that that one actually, that might be moving up the list some. Uh, Some of these other ones ahead of it I've just watched more. Mm -hmm. Uh, 19, The Truman Show. What? You've never seen The Truman Show? No, I've definitely seen it. I'd be surprised it made your top 20. It's original, and that's one thing that Hollywood's lacking these days. So it does have Ed Harris. I do love Ed Harris. 18, Sicario. One of the best action movies I've ever seen. Uh, 17, this is, this is the one if you want a good cry out there. Watch this movie alone. You'll get it. 17, Manchester by the Sea. Casey Affleck, brother of Ben, acting performance top notch. Maybe the best acting performance I've ever seen. So there's that. 16 Star Wars. Which one? Uh, pretty it, much just. If you watch them in order as one movie, it's uh, it's number 16 on the list. I mean, well, that's kind of what I was going with there. Oh, so just, literally the entire catalog of Star Wars. Yeah, but if I'll, I'll put Revenge of the Sith specifically if you just want to name one. Uh, I think that was my favorite. Wait, 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 wait. You're going. With the middle three? Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith was the sixth movie. Well, I guess... Middle three, yeah. That's the one where he becomes Darth Vader. Yeah. That's that's my favorite. That That's your favorite one? Probably. That or Empire Strikes Back or The Force Awakens. My top three are, are from the three different trilogies. Mm-hmm. So, But Revenge of the Sith is number one? Probably. I would actually really love to see Revenge of the Sith remade without all the CGI nonsense. Like if, uh, was it Abrams who directed the last set? The most recent ones? Like Force Awakens? I thought it was Rian Rian Johnson who directed those. I know he directed some of them. I don't know if he did all three. Yeah, those if those could be redone. Because the storylines were good. They were just cheesy. Everything was so bright and colorful, and I just don't... That's just not the vibe I ever got when I got Star Wars. Yeah. I'll I'll go ahead and give you number 15, and we'll we'll do the top 14 later. Okay, that Uh, makes no sense, but okay. Well, this is a good place to... I don't want to start the top 15 with 15 because it's two movies, but I just combine them together, Mm -hmm. and you'll see why, because it's Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. The OG Halloween. The OGs, yes. 
I mean, I've seen them. I don't think I'd put them in my... Di- I don't know. There's just something about watching those on Halloween. Do you have other horror movies above that one? No. Those are the only horror movies I have on the list. Well, that and Alien. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, Alien Psycho, sci-fi right? horror. You called it a horror. Yeah, Psycho, right? Uh, yeah, uh, is Psycho a horror or is it more of a thriller? I don't know if I've ever seen Psycho. I would label it more as a thriller. Okay. I think it gets the horror movie well, you just hear Psycho. typecast. Yeah, but but it's... Hmm? Psycho, the music you were doing? Yeah. Ring, 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 ring. Culmination of. Like horror movies. I feel like there should be other horror movies in there. Yeah, I don't. Not a bad list. I guess it really depends on what your top 14 is. Oh, the top the top 14. Not in order, right? Are the the these top 14 is. Are in order. Well, once we get to 10, it's really when it's okay, in order. Okay, so but. the top 10 of the top 14, which was going to be the top 15, but instead became the top 14 after the bottom 16 of your top 30. We're released. Got it. I know everybody's just dying to hear that top 14. Well, they're going to have to wait at least a little bit. What do we think? Like 9, 9.15? 9, 9.15. So at 9.15, we'll give your top 14 of your top 30, uh, since we've already got the top 16 of the bottom half of the top 30. A lot of, a lot of good films coming up, folks. Stay tuned for more. Final segment, hour number two. It's three and out on Fan Run Radio. The hour draws near. I don't even know how we came back after that. My top 14 draws near as well. Yeah, the top 14 at 9.15 draws near. Tennessee Ole Miss draws near. 3 p.m. Eastern, live from Bridgestone Arena. Uh, 11 and a half point favorites of the Vols. Kim Palm had him at what, 13? 13, yeah. That's (laughs) very high to me, but... Uh, Tyler Wyatt tweets out that this is just the 16th time ever that Tennessee basketball has been a double-digit favorite outside of Thompson Bowling Arena. Are we are we getting nervous? No. Have you been nervous? No. Uh, I'm just. I mean, because ultimately, I th- I think there's. Almost no way we lose this game today, if oh, I'm God. being honest. But with that said, I'll feel a lot better after the first couple of minutes of this game once you can kind of get the sense of how things are going to go. With this team, you think the first couple minutes will give you a sense of how things are going to go? I mean, this team's still significantly more talented than Ole Miss. Well, I don't disagree with that. They have an interim coach who Rick Barnes should be able to out-coach with ease. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah, I don't like th- Why did you just do should that? should be a Tennessee heavy crowd, I would imagine. Uh, although a lot of people are probably having I mean, everyone in orange sooner. is going to be rooting for Tennessee. Everybody in any other color won't be. I don't know. I, I, think, I think we'll be fine. We, we desperately need to... 
kind of do what we did last year in the uh, SEC tournament. It felt like last year in every game we got out to that, you know, 8 to 15 point range and just kind of cruised. They'd go on a little run, then we'd run them right back. If this game is close late, that arena will turn against us in a hurry, I'm afraid. Like, I, I don't hate the 3 p.m. start because I think after the first game, you're going to have a lot of people leave and go grab some lunch. Maybe they're late arriving back to watch this one if they decide to re enter the arena. But if this game is close late, ooh, I got a bad feeling. What's our record now when we're trailing under five minutes? Uh, winless. The, yeah, 0 and 8 when we're trailing at the five minute mark. I mean, this. We did not. What was the, what was the score of that first game against them? We did not score uh, that much. Sixty three to fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, sixty three. We only made three threes. I think three of fifteen we shot. We made a bunch of free throws. I think twenty something free throws. Really? Yeah, I think we we're. I think twenty to twenty eight, something like that. Eighteen of twenty six shot twenty six free throws yeah, in the first match. Three threes. I think Vescovy's the only one that made one. Uh, yeah, three of fifteen, which. Lately has kind of been our number, that 15 to 18 range. The question is, do we hit three of them, or can we hit eight or nine? What's crazy, unless he got fouled late in the game, Ziegler shot 10 free throws that game, I think. Yeah, he was 9 of 10. Uh, Vescovy went 3 of 7 from the free throw line, which is weird. Uh, Key, 3 of 5. Awaka, 2 of 2. And Meshack, 1 of 2. Meshack got 22 minutes in that first game against Ole Miss. He didn't even take a shot, right? Uh, no, he did not take a shot. He had three rebounds, three assists, only one turnover. Tennessee did turn it over 14 times. That's going to be a big key today. Uh, and that was with Ziegler, who had two. So he had 12 turnovers uh, combined by everybody else. You did turn Ole Miss over 15 times. They do a really good job of attacking the basket and then kicking out for three. Um, Abram last night was knocking him down. We've got to make sure our help defense, and you know, we, we we can't help off of him as much. I mean, I feel like this happens every year in a conference tournament. You have one shooter just get red hot. Something like one dude just figures it out on any given team, uh, and I feel like today, if we can just limit Abram from getting hot from deep, we should be okay. Uh, obviously, got to control the glass. You out rebounded Ole Miss in the first matchup, thirty-eight to twenty-eight. Uh, you only had. 11 offensive rebounds, but you held them to only 7. 27 defensive rebounds for Tennessee in the first meeting. Tennessee had 13 assists, Ole Miss only 7. You also had 8 steals in that game. Of course, Ziegler gave you 2 of those. I'm a little nervous. You won that game by 4. They also trailed at the half. Tennessee trailed by 6 at the half at Ole Miss. I think Decent defensively? I don't even know. I, I, we haven't really looked into the Ole Miss that much. Uh, looking, I mean, just looking at some of their scores, like they don't give up a ton. Um, I don't feel like it seems like their their offense, much. yeah, it seems like their offense has been kind of the issue. Like the games, like I said earlier, I swear it looks like they must lead the country in losses by 9 to 12 points. It seems like they're always kind of in that range when they lose. So going to be uh, – Let's say we do lose today. Like, what's what's the temperature in the room with a loss to Ole Miss? It is hot. Hot. 
You lose to Ole Miss. Didn't you say last week that you don't care about the SEC tournament, that you just want to be ready for March? I don't, but it's still going to be hot. And that's okay. not just from me. That's probably from a lot of people around here. Uh, you can't lose to a team that won three conference games in the regular season and is coachless right now. So uh, Mississippi, it looks like they are 143rd in adjusted offense and 99th in adjusted defense. So a top 100 defensive team, which is still not great. And what were they on offense, would you say? one uh, what 133, I believe. Okay. There's nothing worse than scrolling through the teams on Ken Palm. It's – That's the worst thing? It's pretty bad. In the world. Well, that's one of them. I mm-hmm. got bad eyes. That was updated last night, it looks like. so. Uh, Brett, did you say that Lenardi updated his bracketology last night? Yeah, 2 a.m. This is so this is Joey Brackett's uh, season of... Because he's got us playing a team that's already locked in right now, Louisiana, I think. But he doesn't have the little plus by their name. Um, I'm pretty sure they qualify. We've talked about them, I think. Yeah. Uh, he has Tennessee as the three facing Louisiana. We then get the winner of Creighton, and their opponent would be the play-in winner between Rutgers and Utah State. Uh, his one seeds currently Kansas, Alabama, Houston, and UCLA, which mm, I don't – We'll see what UCLA does in the Pac-12 tournament. It feels like losing, is it Clark Hickman? Is that what you said his name was? Yes. The kid with the Achilles injury. Um, Delphi Bracketology's current one seeds are Kansas, Alabama, Houston, and Purdue. Uh, The twos, they have Arizona, Texas, UCLA, and Baylor. And Tennessee falls on the three line with Gonzaga, Marquette, Kansas State, See the fours. I guess it's possible, depending on what happens this weekend, that we could drop to a four. Uh, depending on how he has this set up, it looks like we are the final three seed at this point. Uh, the fours, according to Delphi, Xavier, Indiana, Virginia, and UConn. Is Indiana really good enough to be a four? They're very inconsistent. Didn't they beat Purdue twice. Yeah, they did beat Purdue twice. So. I just watched them get housed at home by Iowa. Uh, Jerry Palm has. His is updated as of this morning as well. Sheesh. Playing Yale. Oh! Jerry Duke Palm can eat five one. versus VCU. Hickman does not want the Yale matchup. We know no, this. Uh, let's the see. There's some good games today, boys, that might affect seeding a little bit. Go on. Uh, Baylor and Iowa State played this weekend, and they also play each other today at 1230 on ESPN in the quarterfinal of the Big 12 tournament. Got to think another loss to Iowa State in a week's time would maybe bump them off that two-seeded line, right? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, Tennessee dropping these games doesn't matter. I mean, Tennessee could have played their way back to a two-seed with a couple more wins down the stretch. Yeah, at at this point, it seems like it's a three or a four. I do wonder if you were to somehow win the SEC tournament and get some help ahead of you. If that might be enough, um, it's tough, man. We talked about this, and I they, they talked about this on the broadcast last night. Like you look at the top three wins for any team across college basketball, Tennessee has Kansas, Alabama, and Texas. I mean, that is those are three dynamite wins, and. 
there's a I just I think back to Bruce Pearl's first year here. Everyone was hoping for I think hoping for a three gonna be elated with a four, and we got a two. Now I don't remember what the record was that year, but I know we didn't have the wins that this team has. The problem is you haven't looked great since Zakai went down. It's probably why you're holding strong at a three. Probably, yeah, probably. Not the way he played recently. No. Um, and I, I do wonder, you know, I mean, I, I think if Tennessee loses today or tomorrow, we're probably <laughs> dropping. Sorry, you can hit it. It's fine. My bad. My bad. Our, our, three our bad. Our yeah, three our next. Bad. Yeah. 